Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, if you have your Bibles, both online or here in person, go ahead and grab them however you get your Bible, whether that's online or on an app or in book form. Uh, go ahead and, and do that right now and open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 will begin at verse 1. We're in week two of a four-week sermon series uh, that is a, and I want to recap where we began last week. So last week we were in Romans chapter 8, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in the Messiah, Jesus, the goal is to be conformed to his image. We found that in Romans eight twenty nine. This means that there's going to be change. I don't know about you. But uh, when I look at who Jesus was, when I read about him, I realize if I'm to be conformed to his image, there's some change that needs to take place. And the good news is, is that God is willing to help, wants to help, is eager to help, is excited to help that transformation take place. But as we said last week, you cannot change what you are unwilling to name. And when we are willing to name, people are usually willing to do that hard work of naming what needs to change only when there is freedom from condemnation. So this works together in tandem. As when we are in Christ Jesus, when we are seeking to be his disciples, we are called into this practice. And it's okay to practice. We ended last week by asking this question. If you truly believed that there was no condemnation from God because you are in Christ Jesus and you, you're longing to be His disciple, what part of your life would you honestly ask God to help you change? I hope that some of you took that opportunity to write some of that down and that you've been praying about it this week, whether that was a bad habit an addiction, an attitude that needs some change, or whether you were looking for some positive change, like some discipline to to maybe understand the Scriptures, to pray more often, to look for serving opportunities. Whatever it is, I hope you took time to be honest with God about what you see needs to change in your life in order for you to be conformed to Jesus' Jesus, uh, image. Whatever it is, I hope that this series will be used to build a template that will be used to shape us into disciples of Jesus who are committed to making more disciples of Jesus. So let's take the next step today and let's go ahead and read our passage for today. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. Only a couple of verses, but so packed with good news. Paul writes here to the Roman church, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is the Word of God for the people of God. And our response loudly is, Oh, that's so good to hear you say that. (laughs) In uh, 2012, back when the world was a little more sane and normal, (laughs) I uh, got talked into running a marathon. We started the training in 2012, and I actually ran the marathon in 2013. I say talked into running a marathon because before that, I actually hated running. But I had a workout partner who loved running. And so he eventually, we were, we were doing some of those, you know, P90X things, and we were lifting weights, and we were getting in shape. I, I had hit 40, so that was my midlife crisis, I guess. I wanted to be in the best shape I could be in, and, and, and doing those things. And so we were getting together every night, and he slowly, sneaky guy that he is, started saying, instead of doing the, wor- the warm-up here, how about we just run a little bit to warm up? I thought, well, there's no harm in that. We'll do that. Okay. So we started running. Then we decided we're going to do one of those tough mutter things. Anybody done one of those races where you, you run and you do, the, you, you do the activities and all that stuff? Yeah, a few of you have. We're going to do that. I thought, well, that's not bad. You're just like running a half mile, and then you do an obstacle, and then you run another half mile and do an obstacle, and you do that for 13 miles. So we did it. It was a lot of fun. In fact, I, I signed up and I did it with a group of guys here a, little, a year or two later. But at the end of that, as we're getting ready to leave, my workout partner says, you know, only 13 more miles and no obstacles, and you got a marathon. It must have been that I was so tired from all those things that I said, sure, let's do it. And after that, I... uh found myself being a runner. I started buying shoes that I thought were way too expensive. I started to run just to run. There was no purpose in the running just to go from here to there and back again. I I started building up miles slowly but surely. Later on, as we were getting up to where we were putting in quite a few miles, we joined another group of runners so that we could have some support. It wasn't just us two. We could do this together. And one day, we were going to run more than 13 miles. I think we were running 14 miles that day. And so when we hit 13 miles, my workout partner shouts out to the group, Hey, guys, I just want you to know, That after we hit the 13 mile mark, every step after that is the furthest that Jeff has ever run at one time. I was kind of embarrassed that, you know, sort of the, to flush a little bit, as much as you can flush when you're already beat red from running 13 miles. But they started cheering. And when we hit 13 miles, they formed up, and as we're running along, they put their hands together and made a tunnel, and I was supposed to run through it. And as I ran through it, they patted me on the back as we were going. And for the next mile, they began to offer me all kinds of wisdom that they had gained from their runs and their marathons and all that. I don't remember all of them, but the one that stuck with me about running, it goes like this. Marathons are 90% mental. Marathons are 90% mental. And the other half is physical. I, I, I didn't get it at first. I started thinking, well, that's, wait, that's 140%. Is that right? Uh, 
I'm not good with math, but then it sunk in what he was trying to say to me. The mental is connected to the physical, and the physical affects the mental. They are interconnected, and it's important, and we need both of them in order for this marathon thing to work. Paul seems to get at this when we look at our verse today. He seems to understand this about human beings. And he calls them and us to six actions. So let's, let's see, to, and these six actions will help see this transformation, this conforming to the image of God happen. So let's get started and let's look at what these actions are today. The first one is pretty simple. It is a call to remember God's mercy. To remember God's mercy. He again urges them. He says, in light of the mercies of God. Mercies of God. You can read that and remember last week, no condemnation. In light of the mercies of God, he's going to call them to do something. Now, before we get to what he's going to call them to do, I want you to understand what Paul is doing in how he is saying this to this little church. The English word, I urge you, we kind of get an idea of something like this, like somebody standing up for, before a group and urging someone, or, or maybe you're thinking of a, of a drill instructor in front of a group of cadets, and he's urging them to do something. We kind of confuse it with commanding something. But the Greek word here for I urge you is the Greek word parakalo. I've been longing to do this for 15 weeks. Everybody say it with me. One, two, three, paracalo. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three, paracalo. And what paracalo means is I come alongside you closely. And I come closely to remind you, to close enough to whisper in your ear. Remember, remember the mercies of God. God has been so merciful to you. I'm about to ask you to do something difficult. So I need you to remember that God is merciful. To remember there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's paracalo. Come right in. Whisper in the ear. So as you, number one, remember God's mercy. Number two is that we are called to reply with your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Reply with your bodies. Many of you cringed, right, as I said that. We're okay with giving Jesus our heart, or we're okay with giving Jesus our emotions, or our souls, but our bodies? I mean, come on. Many of us don't like our bodies. We think they're gross, or they're smelly, or they're misshapen, or you have no hair. It's not the right size. It's not the right weight or the the right shape. Why would God want our bodies? Why would Paul start here? It's simple, really. Are you ready? This this hit me like a bolt. And I'm like, this isn't rocket science. This is is really simple, but it, it took breaking through something in me. This simplicity, it's painfully simple. Everything you do, everything I do, absolutely everything you do, praying, worshiping, going to church, going to work, whatever you do, breathing in and out, you do with your what? Your body. 
See how painfully simple that is? <laughs> you do everything with your body. Now, we've been good Westerners which have been influenced by Greek and Roman philosophy, by Plato and their Platonic philosophy, who the goal was to escape from the body. The body couldn't be good. We want to escape from it in order to be holy. But what Paul is saying is that God wants you and all of you happens in your body. God is not ashamed of bodies. God created them. In fact, God has a body in Jesus, and Jesus was holy in his body. You should get an amen for that. God's plan is to shape us into the image of God, yes, into the image of Jesus, who had a body, lived fully connected to the Father in his body, and now has a resurrected body and is at the right hand of the Father, praying and interceding for you and me, the Bible tells us. So we are to give all of who we are. And if we're called to do that, then we are called to reply with our bodies. As hard as that may sound for you today, it is absolutely true. In fact, Paul says we are to present our bodies as living sacrifices. In other words, our whole lives are to be lived for God. That. That's a good definition of holiness. That's probably why he says holy and pleasing to God. A good definition of holiness is living our whole lives in our bodies for God's purpose and God's pleasure. Wow. This is holiness. And good news, this actually pleases God. In fact, in fact Paul says this is really what worship is all about. A person giving everything that they do, everything that they think, everything that they participate in, which they all do with all of their bodies, giving all of that to God so that they can love like Jesus, serve like Jesus, be connected to God like Jesus, and love others like Jesus. We do all of that by replying in our bodies. I like what William Barclay, the commentary writer, uh, good Scottish writer, and he, he says this. I'm not going to attempt a Scottish accent, but he says, A person may say, I am going to church to worship God. But they should be also able to say, I'm going to the factory, to the store, to the office, to the school, to the garage, to the shed, to the mine, to the shipyard. This is back, back a, a year, a decade or two. The field, the garden to worship God. There is no place that you go in your body that cannot be for the worship of God. We're called to reply with our bodies. And this will take a radical change. This is why we took time to name things so that all of our lives can become worship to the one who gave everything. Well, let's move on. The third thing that Paul says we must do is recognize, and the fourth thing we should do is resist conforming influences. I'll say that again. The third thing we must recognize, and the fourth thing we must resist, conforming influences. He says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world any longer. Now, I know you weren't up for a Greek tense 
grammar lesson this morning, but you're going to have to get one anyway. Sorry, folks online. But this Greek word, conformed, it's a passive verb. And that means that it is something that is done upon us if we are unaware. I, I like the way J.B. Phillips, who, who paraphrased what we now call the Living Bible, I like the way he says it. He says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. That kind of describes that passive thing, that if we're not aware, if we don't recognize and resist, we will have this happen to us. The world will push us and squeeze us into a mold that it wants to see. And that mold changes all the time. It just exhausts you and can wear you out. And folks, it only takes one minute to look around and see that this squeezing into a mold of this era was not just in Paul's time, it still happens today. Do you know that? Folks online, do you know that? I'm going to list a few. Not all of them, because we'd be here for the rest of the afternoon. But I want to look at some of these, and I, I hope you'll hear this from a pastor's heart. And before anyone cheers on one, realize I'm trying to speak to all of us. Folks, one of those things that's squeezing us into its mold right now is the news media. And I don't care which one you listen to. Can I say that again? Can I say it directly into the camera? I don't care which one you listen to. I'm speaking to the MSNBCers as much as I'm speaking to the Fox Newsers. I'm speaking to the ones who get their news from CNN and the ones who get it from Rush Limbaugh. I'm speaking to the ones who get it from some other news source and and the ones who get it on Facebook. Every one of them is using fear to squeeze you into a mold, to squeeze us into a pattern of reacting. And folks, that is not conforming to what Jesus looks like. I don't care which side you're on. Very quiet, I can hear the cars on the freeway. But Paul says we got to recognize these, and then we have to resist them. So wherever you fall, know that you are called to recognize and to resist anything that would squeeze you into a mold that is not conforming to what Jesus looks like. Another one is the way that we view and react to other people who may be different from us. This one's very, very in the front of a lot of things that are happening today. If someone's different from you in race or culture or religion or status or gender, we kind of see that as a result of being squeezed into a mold. It is is being squeezed into a mold. To say or think that a person's color, race, or gender means X about them. You can insert your stereotype right there. That's a result of being squeezed into a mold, folks. And it leads to racism. It leads to sexism. It leads to things that are not what Jesus would do. It leads to sinful pattern of behavior. Let me move on. Lastly, the the way that you react to yourself. And the messages that you send to yourself and say to yourself when you look in the mirror, when you're alone in your home at night and everyone else has gone to sleep, and those messages are negative and demeaning and they put you down, can I say to you right now, that is a squeezing into a mold. That is that squeezing that can take place. 
that if you don't fit a certain image or a certain stereotype or you berate yourself, that is not what God sees. We're called to recognize that and resist those voices. Well, there are many other influences. We can't get to them all, but those are the three right now. As I sit with you and and look at your Facebook pages and, and call you on the phone, these are the things that I hear. And folks, we're called to recognize them. Remember, no condemnation, just recognizing and then resisting with God's help. The good news is this isn't the only influence in the world today. Paul says that we can resist being conformed. And number five is that we can receive transformational help. The Holy Spirit is at work here too in our world. Can I get an amen for that? You you may see and think that everything is negative, but we have it on good authority that the Holy Spirit is working in this world to redeem, to heal, to help, to inspire, and to call people to the love of Jesus Christ, which can save them. That is good news. And that's how we can recognize and resist and then receive this transformational help. I want you to know that that word transformation, be transformed, is the word metamorphoste. You want to say that with me, don't you? Metamorphoste. Ready? One, two, three. Metamorphoste. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. Metamorphoste. Now, this is a process where we are transformed slowly but surely into the image of God. This is also a passive verb as well, just like conformed was, that this is something that happens in us. The Holy Spirit causes to happen in us. Now, we all love the radical transformation stories. When we hear the word transformation, we love those stories about how God delivered somebody from an addiction just like that, smoking or whatever they were doing that was unhealthy, and they they were doing that thing for years and years and years, and they gave it to God, and boom, they were transformed. That's what we think, right? And those are wonderful stories, and we believe in that here at this church. We believe in divine healing. But what Paul is getting at here is that it is no less awesome when God transforms a person who is willing to live day by day honestly and to tell God day by day what needs to change and slowly, bit by bit, they walk hand in hand with Jesus for that change to take place and to take hold in their lives. That is just as awesome. And that is an incredible process. And that is what metamorphose is getting at when Paul says this. Don't be conformed. Don't be squeezed into a mold. But metamorphose Be transformed. Let the Holy Spirit do that slow, sometimes consistent work over and over and over again. I think of it this way. How many of you have ever watched the Transformer cartoons or movies? Okay. Any of you old enough, or maybe I should say young enough, uh, to have played with the Transformer toys? Yes, okay. So on the movies or the cartoons, if you're old like me, Transformers are going along, they look like a truck or a car or a plane or whatever they are, and then all of a sudden the coolest thing happens. They make that noise. And all of a sudden there's a robot there, and he's ready to do battle with the Autobots or the Decepticons. 
And then you buy the toy as a little kid and you think, this is awesome, I can't wait to play this. And you've, you're with your friend who has the other side and, and you're rolling in Optimus Prime. And it's time to do battle. And so you make the noise. And then 7 to 15 minutes later, you've transformed it into a robot. Was it still fun to play with? Absolutely. Was it instantaneous to move it from one to the the next? No. But if you're slow and consistent and work at it, you get quicker at it. You know how they move and, and go. But sometimes it is metamorphosis day that needs to take place. A slow and steady change with the help of the Holy Spirit that moves us forward. We're talking about a metamorphosis, not an instant fix with what Paul is calling us to. Lastly, we must renew our minds. Do you like how I got all these to be ours? You'd think I was a preacher or something. Lastly, Paul says we must renew our minds. The mind is the hardest part. Remember, it's that 90%. And Paul leaves it to the last. Transformation takes place by the renewal of your mind. And don't forget, your mind is a part of your body. See how these work together? How these, you don't believe that your mind and your body work together? Um, look at the person nearest you who knows you best and say, have I ever gotten hangry before? You're typically a good-natured person, and all of a sudden you're just annoyed by everything, and then you have a Snickers bar and you're fine. That's because your mind is connected to your body. It is in your body. It is part of your body. These work together. But this transformation takes place in your mind. Paul says, I want that that renewal of your mind. And that Greek word for, for renewal is the Greek word anakinose. I know you want to say that. This is three Greek words. You'd think I hadn't seen you in like 15 weeks. Greek word anakinose. Ready? One, two, three. Anakinose. Let's say it one more time. Ready? One, two, three. Anakinose. There are two words that emerge there. There's the word ana, which means again. And then there's the word kinose. Now, kinose does mean new, but there are two words in Greek that mean new. Uh, the new that we think about, like a new car or it's a new day, that's neos. It just means a new point in time. But the Greek word here is kinose. And when you use the word kinose to describe new, it means that it refers to something of character and something in our nature. Paul says when we're, when we renew our minds, when that begins to take place, there is a new character and a new nature that begins to be developed in our bodies and in our minds, which are a part of our bodies and they work together. This metamorphosis of the mind leads to that new character and nature within you and within me. So how do we renew our minds? I'm glad you asked. First, Remember that it's the Holy Spirit that does this work in us. That Greek word I've already told you for metamorphosis is also passive in meaning. It is done in us and for us, but we have to be open to the work. That is the action we are called to, to be open to what the Holy Spirit longs to do in us. One of those things that will help us be open to that work is to confront the lies. 
The lies that I'll mention, there are many, but I'll only mention three. One of them is, it's not possible for me to be transformed. If you've struggled with something for years and years and decades, it may seem like that, but I'm here to tell you this morning, folks, that that is a lie. That the Holy Spirit can transform anyone. It may take some time, but stick at it. Remember, there's no condemnation. Keep coming back. God is faithful. The second lie that's often there is, it's not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not praying enough. I'm not reading the Bible enough. I'm not coming to church enough. I'm not meeting with others for building up. I'm not serving enough. That's another lie. That's a tough one because it feels like we should be doing all those things. And yes, we're called to participate in those things. But if we are letting the Holy Spirit do the work, the Holy Spirit will lead us in ways that are appropriate and healthy to know that what God calls us to do, if I say yes to it, it's enough. It is enough. And the last lie is, this is taking too long. It's too slow. That's why I think Paul wanted to put in there the word metamorphosis, that this is a process that we walk hand in hand with what God wants to do. Now, one of the ways that we can confront these lies is through the promises from Scripture. This is not rocket science. This is pretty simple. One of those scriptures might be Philippians 1, 6. You might want to write that down. Philippians 1, 6 or just Phil 1, 6. It goes something like this. The one who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. If you're thinking it's taking too long, if you're thinking it's not possible, you might want to write that word down somewhere in your where you'll read it on a daily basis. And when those thoughts come up, you say, that's a lie. And here is what I'm going to focus on. That the one who began the good work will be faithful and, can, and carry it on to completion. 1 Thessalonians 5.24. Thessalonians, a big word, I know. Just write it down. Paul writes there. The one who calls you, that's Jesus, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. It doesn't say, and he will do it now. It says he will do it. He's faithful. He will call you. He will walk with you all this way. One last one, 2 Corinthians 12.9. I love this one. If you think it's just not possible, or it's taking too long, or it's not enough, Paul writes here in a very vulnerable moment to the church what God said to him. And he writes, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. The Holy Spirit is there with you in that moment, in those weaknesses. Now, this is a good place to remind all of you. We've been watching those Bible Project videos, and we've got probably another two weeks to go. Um, Week two weeks to 10 days. And, uh, and so if you are interested in learning more about reading scripture, I'm going to encourage you to sign up for Bible reading groups. You can do this online as well through your connect card. Just write in the comment section. You're interested in the Bible reading groups. You will need to download the read scripture app and we'll begin using those in a few weeks. We're going to try and set up groups and get some zoom times and different ways that we can 
uh, talk about what we're learning and watching the, re-watching those videos together. It combines those things. Use your Connect card to sign up for this. This is an excellent discipleship tool, and I hope that many of us will, will jump in. Even if you know the Scriptures really well, I'm telling you, another read-through, you will learn some great things. Another way to renew your mind is in prayer. You may say, I don't know what to say. That's okay. Small steps, metamorphosis thigh, slowly but surely. I'm going to give you just a few things that might help you. You may need to choose a place that opens up, naturally opens up your heart to God. That might be a comfy place in your home. For me, it's on my screened-in back porch where the mosquitoes can't get in. And there's a nice place to sit outside. It might be in nature. You may need to go out someplace where you can't hear the freeway noise or cars honking and, and just get away and be alone. It may be in your car. Just drive somewhere and park and look out over Lake Michigan. Whatever it may be, find that place that naturally tends to open your heart up to God. And then be intentional. Most important thing you could do to begin your prayer is to say out loud, Jesus, this time is yours. I am here to be with you. That is an excellent prayer right there. I'm here to be with you. I want to be in your presence. And then you just share what is happening in your actual life, remembering there's no condemnation. You share the good, the bad, the ugly. And then spend some time in silence listening for the Holy Spirit to answer. And if you feel impressed about something, just write it down. If you're worried it seems goofy or something like that, maybe trust, check in with a trusted friend or your pastor. I think that's an excellent way to pray. Maybe some of you just can't do the silence thing. That's okay. You can use words. Use the prayer Jesus gave us. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's actually the prayer He gave to us. We should call it the Disciples' Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You know this. It's okay to use that as a guide in prayer. There are so many ways that God uses for renewal. There's church, there's communion, there's worship, there's retreats. Try some of them out and see what God does to metamorphose your life. The end of my running story was a good one. After months of running, short and long distances, months of, of getting another pair of shoes, I finally crossed the finish line. It was not impressive. I did not qualify for Boston. But it was my first marathon. So it was my personal best. I have not run another marathon. It's still my personal best. The goal was to get where I was running. And I believe that like me with running... If we as a church remember God's mercy, reply with our bodies, our whole lives, if we recognize and resist conforming influences and receive that transformation by the renewing of our minds, we will begin to see Romans 8.29 come to pass, where we are conformed more and more into the image of Jesus. My running days would have never happened if my friend had not invited me. So can I be your friend today? Can I invite you, wherever you are, 
around the world into this work that the Holy Spirit will do in you. For the Holy Spirit is here and with you wherever you are around the world. And He is here to help. He is more excited about your transformation than you probably are. Just like my friend was more excited about running than I was. If you're here today, maybe as I listed some of those conforming things, the Holy Spirit helped you recognize something that is squeezing you into its mold. No condemnation, just give that to Him. And He will help you run this race. I hope that you will join with me as we continue step by step to lean in to whatever God calls us to. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and let's pray this morning. Father, we are so grateful for your mercy. If we have forgotten that somehow along the way, I pray right now that you would recall or bring to us once again your great mercy. Show us your heart towards us, and may we receive once again that mercy. I pray that as we experience that, we would reply with all of our lives. And we would let you do the work in us that helps us to recognize and resist those things that would conform us into anything that is not the image of Jesus. I pray that we would lean in and receive the transforming work that you have to do in us slowly but surely, day after day, confident that you are leading us into the image of Jesus. I pray that you would teach us new ways as a church to continually see our minds renewed as we run after you. For we pray and we ask and we worship and we gather and we go now in Jesus' name. And everyone said loudly, Amen. It is so good to see you. I started thinking about being able to do this this week and I, I actually had a little time crying. Like I can't believe I actually get to see people this week. It's good. And if you're watching online, thank you for continuing you need to feel no shame for staying online. That's what is here. This is going to be a new campus for us. We will continue to be online, and so we thank you for joining us online. Would you stand and receive the blessing for today? And now, may you remember the mercies of God. Experience the joy of replying with all of your life. May you experience the release, there's another R word, of recognizing and resisting those things that are conforming you. May you receive transformation as your minds are renewed. And may you experience the joy of being set free to run into all that God is calling you to. And I pray this upon you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. Go in peace. Go in His name. God bless you. Thank you for coming.
Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.